Why spend hours searching dealerships, comparing makes and models? Find the best of BC's inventory in one place, todaysdrive.com. You'll have access to inventory across BC, where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. Get in the driver's seat. Don't miss out on the many options we have available for you. Powered by Black Press Media, todaysdrive.com connects you with exclusive new and used car deals. It's the Super Bowl show presented by Northwest Tank Lines to deliver and sponsored in part by the Pioneers Pub Richmond, OK Tire Langley and the Rivers Reese Liquor Store. Now from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, here's Bob the Moj Marjanovich. Welcome to the Northwest Tank Lines Super Bowl show coming to you from Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Episode two, of course of the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show. Should mention the Bengals and the Rams are playing in the game on Sunday. It's the Moj, Bob Marjanovic, with you for this episode, and we have a very, very solid lineup for you. We will start off in the, well, the three-hole. It'll be Bob Big-Ass Globber of Newsday. He's got a new book out with Keyshawn Johnson talking about the integration of the National Football League. And, of course, Bob, a former regular with Rick Ball on our Old Station, TSN 1040, so we'll reminisce a little with Bob about that. Also, JT the Brick is going to stop by, the leader of Raider Nation. Of course, you can hear him on Sirius XM Radio. He'll give us his thoughts on the Raiders. He'll give us his thoughts on the Super Bowl. And I know JT will probably wind up talking about the Vegas Golden Knights as well, so we'll squeeze in a little hockey. But coming up next, how about Justin Jefferson? Pro Bowl receiver of the Minnesota Vikings, LSU standout, of course a championship teammate with the likes of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I wonder who who he's going to be rooting for come Sunday in Super Bowl 56. All of that coming up in this episode. But first, if you're looking for a place to watch the big game on Sunday, we have you covered around the lower mainland in Richmond. The spot to be is the Pioneers Pub, our home all season for road Seahawks pre- and post-game shows. Pioneers Pub, the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town, food specials, and football prizes all day long. And if you're in the Delta Ladner area, check out the Landing Pub and Grill in the heart of Ladner with the best selection of cold craft beer, big game prizing all day. In Surrey, Cloverdale, Langley, of course, the place to be is the Clayton Pub. Coast. Number 10 Highway, 188th Street, our home for Seahawks home pre- and post-game shows all season long. And if you need to stock up for the big game, check out the Rivers Reach Liquor Store on 6th Street in my hometown of New West, as well as the Newport Liquor Store in Port Moody and the Johnston Street Liquor Store in Coquitlam. And finally, if you're in the South Surrey area and just want to stay home, be sure to order the best pizza in town, Bucky's Pizza. Check them out at Bucky's Pizzeria. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year, safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. 
The biggest game in football is this Sunday. And the two best places to catch the action are Pioneers Pub and Ladner Landing. The crew at Pioneers Pub in Richmond are ready to welcome you with the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town. Plus, food features and football pricing all day long. Meanwhile, at Ladner Landing, you'll be greeted by the best selection of cold craft beer and plenty of big game pricing and activities. Football Sunday. Catch the game at Pioneers Pub at number three in Williams in Richmond or the Landing Pub and Liquor Store in Ladner. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines and sponsored in part by the Pioneers Pub Richmond, OK Tire Langley, and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in L.A., Bob the Moj Marjanovic. It's the Moj coming to you from Radio Row at the L.A. Convention Center, Super Bowl 56, pitting the Rams against the Bengals on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Of course, it's a thrill right now to have this young man stop by our broadcast location. He is Justin Jefferson, wide receiver extraordinaire of the Minnesota Vikings. Dude put up video game numbers this year, and he's here repping Old Spice. Tell us a little bit about Old Spice and what you got going on this week. Yeah, man, you got the look. You got the bunch formation right here for me, but we got the we got the Old Spice. We got the gentleman's blend. The lavender mint mm-hmm. last long lasting forty eight hours. Uh, it's definitely in my routine to to shower up with some some nice body wash before yeah, I, I get hope my so. day started. Hey, we're gonna get to a little Old Spice uh, playbook here in a bit, <laughs> but before we move along, I, I gotta ask you this question: High school LSU with the Vikings. Do you have that teammate that really needs some Old Spice? I'm not. You don't need to name names. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, I played football back in the day, and it's like, yeah. do you have that one guy on your team? It's like, dude, like, seriously. Like, I feel like you always have that one guy on yeah. your team that, you know, you're like, all right, bro, you need you need a little, you know, the other little, little body wash, yeah. you know, to get a little freshness, especially playing football, you know, wearing all of those pads, you get a little smelly, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So definitely got to wash up with some body armor that ain't can long last you. There you go. Hey, um, talk about your career thus far. I mean, do you got to kind of pinch yourself sometimes and – Realize that, you know, four or five years ago, you're at LSU playing high school football. I'm longer than that, what, six or seven. But you get the idea. And all of a sudden now, you know, you can go play yourself in Madden on, you know, video games. It's crazy. It's it's honestly unbelievable uh, the things that I've been doing for my first two years into the league. And, yeah, I always had that dream of playing playing with with myself on Madden, Uh, you know, just, just being a kid and, you're seeing yourself on a video game. I'm a big video game person, mm-hmm. so so to see that and, and and to see my face, my actual face on the game, it, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah, like I used to play a little NCAA 14 back in the day. Thank God it's coming back. <laughs> I Facts. think I created myself one time, but I only made myself like a 72 rating <laughs> overall as a D That's funny. It's, it is. That's it's, funny. It, but okay, like let, let's get serious here and talk a little bit about the Vikings because I mean I look at your team this year, and uh, I think this team is on the verge of greatness, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. A few years back in Canada, where we're from Vancouver, there was a team called the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They were 4-14. Four 14 games they lost. 12 of them were by a score or less, yeah. right? 
Next year, they completely swung that around and made it to the championship game. I think they were 11 or 12 win team. And that's what I see with this Viking team. You're so close. So close. I mean, you swing that. I'm thinking this team next year, 11, 12 wins maybe. Yeah. I, I definitely can see that. You know, all of the games that we had that we lost about one point, three points, seven points. Yeah. So, I mean, we just got to get over that hump in that fourth quarter to finish out those games. And we was one game away from making the playoffs. So, that, that, that's how close we were of, of being in it. And um, we just got to find a way to finish out those games. How much do you think that is, like, between the years? You know, it's a – I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. Are you missing, like, that maybe one element on your team? Or do you think it's just, you know, just knowing that you can win those close games instead of getting into those close games and getting that negative reinforcement by yeah. losing, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like, if you know, we're going to, into the game with that confidence, uh, with energy, uh, just ready to, to, to go out and battle uh, all game. I feel like we're good, you know. Uh, we have the playmakers to, to do it. We have players on our team that are phenomenal players so i just feel like we just need that that little missing one two piece to to really get over the get over that edge you got a new head coach kevin yeah. o'connell i've read reports that you're extremely excited yeah. about that hire why i mean this is going to be the first uh offensive head coach that i ever had like ever so every every coach that i ever had has been on the defensive side so now i finally have an offensive minded coach uh, especially watching the Rams all season, having Cooper Cup being in the perfect positions to, to get the ball, uh, him having, what, 18, 1900 yards or whatever the case may be. I mean, I'm excited for it. I, I'm ready to be in his style of uh, offense, and we got to get it going. Okay, I've got a buddy of mine, one of my really good friends growing up since, like, you know, the third grade. He's the biggest Viking fan on the planet. His name is Troy Pelzer. Now, if you're going to talk to my buddy Troy and you tell Troy, you say, Troy, this is why we're going to be good next year. What are you telling your Viking fans? Guys like Troy, what are you going to do? Guys like Troy, I'm definitely saying, you know, just be patient. You know, we, we definitely have the, those those guys on the team to do it. Uh, we're just missing one to two pieces. Uh, but I feel like I, I, I'm confident in this upcoming year. I feel like we're going to have – uh, that, that missing coach that we, we needed. Uh, we got a new GM. So I think we're going to bring the right guys in and go far. Now, speaking of championships, you know a thing or two about championships at the college level with yeah. LSU. I want to know, like, what's going on in the water down in Baton Rouge? I mean, when <laughs> Joe Burrow doesn't even play at Ohio State, he goes down there and look at where Joe Burrow is now. I don't know what yeah. they're thinking at Ohio State. But, you know, you reflect back on that win with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah. What are your memories of LSU and that championship? Yeah, uh, I mean, I remember as soon as Joe came in, uh, he still had that same mentality, that same swagger, that same confidence as he do today. Uh, but as soon as he came in, we knew that we had a, a good quarterback in us, you know. And then as soon as Joe Brady came in our last year, gave us that new pro-style offense with me, Jamar, and Terrace at, at receiver, uh, Clyde, that was at uh, running back. I mean, we was unstoppable. Um, just, just being, being, really being in the right place at the right time, uh, and, and 
it was crazy just having those type of guys playing side by side. You talk about that receiving core. How much do you guys push yourself, like in workouts and practice? I every mean, day. Yeah. Every single day. Uh, that's that's why I love those guys so much because they made me a better player. Uh, going into practice, trying to outdo one another, trying to do outdo a catch, or uh, we playing one on ones. Uh, Jamari going against Stingley. Uh, I'm going against Grant Delpit. You know, we 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 went against those top guys into the league. So you know, when we, well in college, when we got to the league, you know, it was, it was pretty easy for us. Tell us something about Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase that we don't know. Ooh, that y'all don't know. Uh, ooh. That's a million-dollar question. That's a million-dollar question right there. Dude. Right. Because people talk about Burrow and Chase yeah, all the time. All I mean, the time. You know. It, it's, it's, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a tough one. Uh, all I can really say is those are some, some competitors. All right. You know, I, I'll, I'll run something through you. I'll, we'll have ahead. a little fun with this. Right, I've done me, this. I, I call this like my little two-minute drill. Let me hear More likely to pick up a tab at a restaurant, Chase or Burrow? Burrow. More likely to show up late at a team meeting, Burrow or Chase? Chase. Okay. Chase. Um, more likely to kick ass at video games. Ooh, I've been I've been hearing Joe's pretty good on the video well, game. I, I always play I always play the video game with Jamar, so I know how Jamar plays. Uh-huh. I never play with Joe, so okay. I don't know how he plays, but. As of now, I guess I'm going to say Jamar. More likely to get the ladies following him around wherever. <laughs> Joe Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> he got the Cartier shades on. He got the swag. got the head slick back. Uh, okay, good. So there, there we had a little fun. We, see, we found something out about those guys. Uh, you know, one question I did want to ask you in all seriousness. What's Burrow like in the huddle? Because you always want to know what oh, guys man. are like. Unbelievable. He, yeah, so tell us a little bit about his huddle demeanor. So calm. So confident so swag i mean having a having a quarterback like that i mean your your other players your receivers your running back your o-line is confident with him you mm-hmm. know once you come out with that swag on the field we see you having fun you we see you you know acting like you the boss you know and that that kind of gives the rest of the team confidence when you see your your captain of the team you know having that same mindset I mean, a lot of times guys that play in the league, Super Bowl, they, they kind of steer away from yeah. it because, you know, they, they want to be there or they lost in the playoffs and it's painful to watch. But for you, it's different. I mean, these two, two of your yeah. brothers that are battling on Sunday. Oh, trust me, it's painful. It, it, it's, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely painful to see see the guys that I played in college with, yeah. you know, reaching to the Super Bowl, especially after Jamar's first year. So I, I'm definitely mad. I'm jealous. Yeah, you're jealous but, of but that. I but I love it. Yeah, yeah I mean, for I your guys. at the same time, of course. You yeah. know, I always want to see them succeed. I always want to see them do great. And to see them about to perform on the highest stage in the world, uh, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm so excited for them. I, I definitely hope they do good and get this dub. And I guess we can see we go see what will happen Sunday. And you know what? They get that dub. I know you'll be happy for them, but there'll be a party that'll probably be a little pissed off oh, at the hate. same time. But at the same time, it'll inspire you. Right, right, right. That definitely will make me even hungrier and even yeah. want to get. Well, even being here right now wants makes me want to get here even faster. I definitely want to be on the other side of this conf- conversation than you know me talking about them. All right. We've got the Old Spice virtual playbook right now. What we've done is we've put a little backfield there with, you yeah. know, Burrow and Mixon. Yeah. We've got Trey receivers over to the wide side, maybe run chase to the boundary. Yeah. The Rams are going to play <laughs> probably a lot of zone, right? What do you think? Probably a little cover two maybe? Uh, a little a little mixture. Yeah. Uh, the Rams like to mix it up a little bit, play okay. man a little bit, play zone a little okay, bit. Okay, so we've got to make one big play in the football game. Okay. 
You're going to tell me what you're going to do on the wide side with the tray okay. and what you're going to do with Chase and hopefully what you can – or even, you know what, you want to go with a different alignment, you can change it all up. This is your playbook right now. All right, cool. So, all right, what's, what's the scenario? We're talking third and ten. You're at the – since you're at the Rams 40-yard line late in the game, you need a first down. All right, late in the game, I need a first down. Bet it's third and ten, so I need I need to go at least 11 yards. Bet. We got Joe. Oh, well, we got Joe right here. We got Joe Mixon. We got Jamari on the left. We got, oh, this. Uh, we go put. Uh, Uzama? I'll put him right here. Or Higgins. I'll put him right here. I'll put Higgins on the the outside. Okay. And I'll put Boyd okay. in the inside. So, me knowing how Jamar and Joe is, I'm going to run a go ball over here. Okay. Hopefully it's man to man. If yeah. it's man to man, I'm going to go ball. I I have confidence in these two right here to make adjustments and you know alerts. Tags. Little back shoulder. You heard they've been doing it all year, so I'm confident in that. I don't need to. We can put down that. That's already set. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On here, this is the scheme I got. All right. So point man is going to run a a ten yard in. All right. A dig. A dig. There we go. All right. We got him running a shallow. Okay, a little shallow cross. Shallow cross. We got him right here. He gonna run a flat. Throw it out in the flat, and if it's and Joe open, Mixon, yeah. We like the shotgun. Mm-hmm. We like the shotgun. He go come and run the corner. You can run a corner with Mixon. So if they in zone, mm-hmm. I like the corner. You know, because we got the high to low. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But I also like the the tight end running. Running the base. Yeah, I options. know Joe. I know Joe and the tight end been having a strong connection all year, so we definitely got options. So it's either he want to take the one on one backside if it's man to man, or he want to go with the concept, the zone concept, to to open it up, go high to low, or go hit your hit your tight end right in the middle of the field. Justin, that was awesome. Thank you so much for stopping by. Um, best of luck in your career. Great young man, and uh, we wish the Vikings, and I know my buddy Troy, wish you guys nothing but the best. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you for having me. All the best. Thank you to Pro Bowl wide receiver Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings for stopping by. Uh, before we move along, i got to tell you about Northwest Tank Lines. In fact, Northwest Tank Lines is doing so well. Tommy Blaney says, hey, we don't need the love. How about giving the love to Big Brothers of Vancouver? And that's what we're going to tell you about. The Big Brothers Mentoring Program provides supportive one-to-one mentoring relationships to children and youth in our local communities. Mentor, of course, is a role model that a mentee can talk to, learn from, and share experiences with. And the research has shown that all of these kids that are influenced by these mentors, they do better in school, they're better socially. It's a win-win for everyone. For more information, check out BigBrothersVancouver.com. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines. Looking for tires? Looking to meet your automotive needs? Looking for great service? Well, it's the Moj, and whenever it comes to tires or meeting those automotive needs, I only send my friends to one place, OK Tire and Langley. OK Tire and Langley is more than just tires. It's about complete automotive care, and it's about being treated right by my good friends, the Delaney family. Delaney's OK Tire and Langley, 19863 Fraser Highway, or call them at 604-530-2545. Hey, it's the Moj, and if you're looking to stock up for the big game, well, we will tell you three great plays. If you're in New Westminster, check out the Rivers Reach Liquor Store on 6th Street. In Port Moody, visit the Newport Liquor Store, and in Coquitlam, stop by the Johnston Street Liquor Store. Three stores with a lot in common. 
a great selection of wine, beer, and spirits, great service, and great prices. So huddle up at the River's Reach, Johnston Street, and Newport Liquor Stores to score big. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines and sponsored in part by The Landing Pub and Grill in Ladner, OK Tire Langley, and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in L.A., Bob the Moj Marjanovic. And guess what, folks? We're not going to talk football this segment. The cool thing about Radio Row is you never know who you bump into. I said at the start of the week, it's a potpourri of activity you got football you got celebrities you got vips you got people out there trying to promote stuff in our next guest well if you're a longtime hockey fan you will remember his dad eddie johnston was general manager of the penguins a former nhl goalie of course with the bruins in the early 70s teamed up with jerry cheevers his son ej is now finding while well, he's the founder of three ice a new six-team independent three-on-three pro hockey league in North America. EJ, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. It's great to be here. So tell me about this. Like, I mean, everybody always gets jacked when games get in overtime. They see a little three-on-three. You're actually taking it to the next level by starting a league. It's, to us, the best part of hockey. So we're going to be overtime all the time, as our commissioner, Craig Patrick, likes to say. And uh, we think it's going to be electric, hair on fire, track meet, back and forth, two-on-one hockey. Um, we can't wait to sort of showcase this all the time. And, and like Rugby Sevens, we're going to roll game after game after game at you. So all six teams show up, play six games that night, crown a winner that night. Wow. So it's, you're going to use that type of format. And I know the one thing about that format and with Rugby Sevens, it's huge. I mean, in Vancouver, sure. they set out BC Play Stadium, but they also make it into a party. Are you trying to emulate that as well? We will uh, at some point. So we start in Vegas and we end in Vegas. The championships will be a lot like that. Um, you know, as we grow our business, we'd like to sort of see a fan fest out front and envision sort of three-on-three street hockey going out there, um, legends signing autographs and doing selfie sessions as you come into the space. So eventually we'll, we'll get to that point. Today it's about the hockey, and then we'll grow it uh, into that. Whose idea was this? That was mine. Um, I was sort of inspired by Big Three Basketball, the NHL's overtime session, Formula E. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Indian Premier League is a great version of a short format, sort of snackable version of cricket. And uh, just sort of a perfect sort of milieu of just great action and uh, snackable content that gets uh, pushed out there. We thought it was just a great, uh, great showcase. Well, you know, they always say there's a fine line between genius and insanity, right? So, I mean, you're thinking you're a genius and then you're approaching these people. Clearly, they think you're a genius, too, because if they were insane, you wouldn't get the response that you got. Six coaches, all Hall of Famers, Guy Carboneau, Grant Fuhrer, John LeClaire, um, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, Brian Trache. It sounds like these guys were pretty receptive when it was all, when it was all presented to them. Yeah. Um, Trottier was sort of the first guy that we went after, and uh, he was a big believer in it first. Actually signed Grant Fuhrer as uh, our first coach. He's sort of a hero of mine, my dad being a goalie. I was a goalie guy growing up. But uh, CBS, uh, they got it, and we pitched it, and they bought it in the room. TSN, RDS. A uh, guy over at RDS was our, our first yes. Uh, so Dominic Vanelli uh, was the first guy to say hello and, uh, and agree to bring us on. Uh, but, yeah, the reaction's been great. We've signed up uh, almost 90 players. We'll eventually curate that down to our 42 starters and then a taxi squad of seven guys. Um, so we'll have seven teams and about 50 players total. So it's going to be pretty fantastic. So seven teams comprised of what? Seven, S- eight players? you got six skaters plus a goalie. Mm-hmm. And then we'll dress two emergency backup goaltenders, one on each bench in case there's a real-time injury. Then you'll have that seventh team of taxi squad guys that will travel with us as well. So you're probably looking for players with unique skill sets, speed probably being one of them. Um, but, I mean, it, you're not going to be looking for that traditional type player, especially that bigger 
you know, physical type guy, I guess. That's right. We're looking for Ferraris. We're not looking for Mack trucks here. Okay, you didn't say Ferraros. You said Ferraris. <laughs> okay, good. Because Ray's a little old. And I, I do like Land- Ray, yes. Landon maybe, but Ray, nah, I'm not thinking about Ferraris. Yeah, th- we're not the senior league. This We're looking for water bugs out there, right? <laughs> so, uh, hey, sorry, Ray. Um, but, uh, you know, for us, it's that kind of Connor Sheary 5859 mm-hmm. water bug quick. Um, the kind of guy that doesn't necessarily dump and chase and muck about in the corners. We're not looking for greasy goals. We're looking for sort of beautiful track meet goals here. Um, different body type. I love Pareko. I love Char, but those guys would probably get smoked in our league. Yeah. We're looking for the guys that can zip around those guys. So when you look at these players, are you looking for players that are playing pro hockey right now? Because yeah. it is a summer league, of course, so they're not going to be just committed to your league, but they're going to almost play year-round, I guess. That's right. So we've got uh, roughly a third is going to be ex-NHLers. These guys would probably 31, 32 to about 35, 36. And then you've got the next player profile is the North American. That's overseas, playing in uh, all the European leagues, but probably has played a bunch of NHL games as well. Uh, And then you've got this young guns category, guys that are just coming out of uni or in the E or the A, and they're probably 24, 25, 26. Uh, All these guys are quick. All these guys are fit and uh, have nifty mittens and and sort of do that tic-tac-toe passing. EJ Johnston is our guest for a couple more minutes. He is founder of the Three Ice Hockey League, getting the details of these six teams that will compete in tournaments uh, for eight weeks, and they will have 52 games in total. They will play in cities such as Denver, Grand Rapids, Hershey, Vegas, Nashville, Pittsburgh, as well as uh, Canadian cities like London and Quebec City. Here's the kicker that I've got on your info sheet here. Players compete for money. That's right. So, in other words, it's not like, okay, I've got my contract. I can go out there. It's, like, it's going to be like golf. That's it. It's, it. We say it's the PGA Tour model. The more you win, the more you earn. There's a couple million dollars in prize money, and uh, there's a million-dollar quasi-winner-take-all championship that we've got here. So the guys that uh, win this thing, uh, they'll be somewhere between 150000 and 170000 U.S. Uh, for each. this. Uh, each. Absolutely. Wow. So we've got six teams. You play the regular season. The top four teams, based on a point system, will get into that championship. And then those guys are playing for that uh, quasi-winner-take-all million-dollar purse. So, you know, nine Saturdays worth of work, uh, these guys are chomping at the bit. That's why we are able to sign up 90 guys to sort of curate down to that you starting You mentioned lineup. that you've got some great support in terms of television networks. You talked about ESPN, RDS, TSN, et cetera. What about corporate sponsorship? Yeah, uh, it's coming online now. So we're having a bunch of great conversations. We've signed a, uh, a bunch now. The endemic categories, stick, glove, all that stuff's been taken care of. Uh, starting to get the bigger players on board. Sports books we're talking to, sort of your quick serve restaurants. There's about 15 to uh, 20 really good conversations that we'll announce in good time. Well, EJ, we thank you for stopping by. Great stuff. Uh, congratulations on being the founder of the Three Ice <laughs> Hockey League. But, uh, yeah, congratulations and best of luck. Thank you. Appreciate the time, guys. This is the Super Bowl Show presented by Northwest Tank Lines. Our next guest is not a guest. He's a good friend. We've had him on the show many times. And he is the one and only JT the Brick, of course, the leader of Raider Nation on radio out of Las Vegas now. Of course, serious working with them and and big fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm a big Golden Knights fan. I keep telling you every year, this is the year. This is the year. Unlike those Maple Leaf fans who have been saying it for how long? I say this is the year. And uh, we got Jack Eichel coming to play hockey Really quick here with our all-star team already in progress, our snipers, Stone, Marcioso, Pacioretty, everybody that we have, Theodore, Wild Bill Carlson, and now no Marc-Andre Fleury, which I think has hurt us because Leonard has played well at times, other games, eh, 
and we need Leonard to peak at the right time to make the Stanley Cup run. One thing that we talked about many years ago, even before the, the, the Golden Knights had started playing JT, was to get that head start because everybody knew the Raiders were coming. To get that head start, to build that fan base so that when the Raiders show up, they don't lose that much. How has the arrival of the Raiders impacted the Golden Knights, if at all? Great question. It hasn't much at all. The only impact has been that there's been more tickets available at more reasonable prices. Uh, The first three or four years, especially the first two or three, if you wanted to go to a Golden Knight game on the weekend, no chance. I mean, you had to pay for a $175 ticket. It was $400. Then during the week, it was the same thing. $125 ticket was $275. And that doesn't include your bar tab. That doesn't include mm-hmm. what they get you in the arena. And now you can get into a game for the price of admission. You know, the secondary market is pretty fair. So a lot of tourists are coming in. And Golden Knight fans, a lot of them were disappointed on the Flurry move. I didn't believe so. I knew that Flurry was iconic. I know how great he is. I know how important he was for the franchise. But I didn't really understand how many fans would be scorned and take it personally. And nothing against Robin Leonard, but he's not Flurry. It wouldn't have, kept, you know, you can't have two goalies getting paid that amount of money. But the amount of money that they could have made just on selling those 500 patches for the wins and the T-shirts would have been millions, plural, in memorabilia, sticks, everything that he signs. And I just wish he was there for the run. I think the I think the Golden Knights have a great run in front of them. And I thought Flurry had one more year, Mudge. Before we switch gears and talk football, um, one of my favorite stories that you told us growing up as a kid in Long Island, yep. young little JT, grade 9, grade Back 10. Back then, John, no yeah. JT. That's when everyone yep. called me John, John, my real name. John Which, grade- by the way, breaking news, I am going to go back to that. I don't think a 55-year-old man should be called JT the Brick for <laughs> 25 years on radio, so that I might go to my real name uh, somewhere down the road. Uh, breaking news, it'll, it'll happen on your show first. Ra- ratings plummet. Who's yeah, this yeah, guy? Yeah, what happened to guy? JT? Um, back to John in grade 9, 10, 11, and 12. Yes. Um, we in Vancouver have been waiting for a great cup, or pardon me, a Stanley Cup since 1967 and yet to have one. But when you're in grade 9, the Islanders brought the cup to your school. I remember the story you yep. told me. And they kept bringing the cup back all the way through your senior year. All four years, they brought the cup to your high school. Yeah, we had a really big high school, Farmingdale High School, yeah. massive enrollment. And they would come there and bring the cup. We used to have something in high school back in the day called the assembly mm-hmm. in the States, where yep. they would make us all. Imagine that during COVID, where they made everybody come to the giant, giant theater and sit there and listen to someone speak. And there were years where Brian Trottier was there, the late Clark Gillies, which I'd like to get into with That's him. That's why I brought this up. And other individuals. And that was the way we met these guys who were our heroes back in the day. And just the bond. The bond that we had, my my youngest memories, I grew up like most uh, kids in Long Island, New York, playing roller hockey, little league, basketball. But the the fun that we had in 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th grade, playing roller hockey, not ice hockey, on the streets, all pretending to be those Islander players. John Tinelli, Gord Lane, whoever it was, Butch Goring, Billy Smith, And it really changed our lives. And then they went on one of the greatest cup runs that we'll ever see. They kept the team together. I think I told you the Kenny Morrow story when Mm -hmm. he came back to Vegas. That was just a dream of mine to spend the night and hang out with him. So, yeah, and I had to cut the cord because everyone said on radio to me, you can't be a fan of two teams. And 
I cut the cord, and I went all in on the inaugural Golden Knights season, and they haven't let me down other than deep in the playoffs. Uh, Gordy Lane I watched growing growing up playing junior hockey in New Westminster, which was like three blocks from my home. That's and I great. watched Gordy Lane play as a, as a kid. Um, you touched on it. Clark Gillies passed away recently, and, and that's why I kind of brought this up, just the impact that, you know, he had on hockey fans, a young hockey fan such as yourself on Long Island, the Hall of It Famer. was massive because if you look back at Gillies' uh, records and his stats, he was one of their top scorers. He was on the front line, the first line. Think about that. Think about being able to play with Trotje and Bossy. You can't be a stiff. You can't be a fourth-line goon. And he was able to play with those guys and put up big numbers. I think a lot of the reason was because he played on such a good line and he had so many opportunities in that end. And then the fights that he had, the fights that he had against Terry O'Reilly, Dave Schultz, the fights that were so big. you got to remember, as you guys know, you guys are hockey servants. When you had a fight between two iconic fighters, you knew when they were coming to town. The newspapers would mm-hmm. write about it days in advance. O'Reilly's coming in, Gillies, and the same thing. Imagine, I'll throw it back to you, Moj, what the pressure must have been like for these guys knowing that they had a fight in front of 16,000, and no matter what, what happened in the last fight, they're going to fight again and again and again, and Gillies always showed up. Yeah, and, and you know, we've seen a lot of enforcers from back in the day talk about that pressure and how it's impacted them off the ice as well, whether it's addiction problems, whether it's mental health issues, but you're right. People don't realize how much pressure was on those players because it's not like scoring a goal. Oh, you score a goal. No, there's, you pretty much drop the gloves or you don't, right? So... You're bang on with that. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk a little bit about the Raiders, mm-hmm. of course, the team that you know inside and out. What a season. I mean, when you look at everything they went through with the coaching situation, uh, with the off-field tragedies, and yet they still found a way to, to come together and win all these games in overtime. What was it, six, JT? Yeah, they, yeah. they had the most ever walk-off wins, victories in a season, and the kicker had five out of six of them. The opener was overtime against Baltimore on the first Monday night game, and then it went all the way to the last game of the year against the Chargers, which I'm not making this up. We've been to Super Bowls together in big games. That was the greatest regular season game, I believe, of all time because not only did it end at the end of overtime, so it ended at the end of the fifth quarter, it knocked out the Chargers from the playoffs. It got Pittsburgh in, uh, to, the, to the playoffs, and the Raiders ended up going from the seven seed to the five seed. Tell me if there's ever going to be a game in our lifetime that has that much going in to the fifth quarter, and the Raiders won in a game it looked like they were going to lose. And, and you know the crazy thing is watching that game, all of those fourth downs that the Chargers converted. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's fate that the Chargers going to win because of the fact they converted all those fourth downs. But, you know, as we said, the Raiders found a way to win. Are, are you surprised? that they went to Josh McDaniels instead of keeping Rich Passaccia? No, I wasn't surprised. We would have all been happy if Rich Passaccia was there and he ended up staying there because he did such a good job and he deserved an opportunity to interview for that job. Remember, he wasn't a head coach and he has never been a head coach, but he stepped in and he guided the ship to the playoffs and the players loved him, Moj. The players loved him. But Mark Davis wanted to go in a completely different direction, not from Rich Passaccia, the leader, the leader of men and the coach. It was a... It was a football reorg. They had a football reorg. No more John Gruden. No more Mike Mayock. They brought in two guys from the Patriots, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, who have been friends since college. 
And when you do that, and this was the first time I've been with the Raiders. This was my 23rd season. So I've seen all these coaches come and go. But this was the first time I said, man, if they let go of the majority of these coaches, which they are, that's a lot of good coaches they're letting go of. It's a 10-win team. But I understand, like your listeners, this is the business of sports. When you have a new staff come in, they bring their own guys in. And I think the Raiders are putting together a really good staff along the way, uh, trying to get things right. And, look, this is a long-term move. You know, they won 10 games last year. If you look at their schedule this year, it's a beast. It's, I can't believe they have a schedule this difficult after 10 wins. So after that goes down, whatever happens, this has got to be a three- or four-year plan for the new GM and Josh McDaniels to win the Super Bowl. Not get to the playoffs, not win a playoff game, but if they keep Carr, if they keep Carr, they got to win. The thing that scares me about this Raider team, and I, like you, a big Raider fan, going back to the days of Branch and Bolitnikoff and Stabler, um, when you see a team, and I look at the Vikings as one of these teams, that was 8-9 and nine last year, and eight games they lost by a single score or less. Mm. I, I always see, like, the pendulum swinging the other way next year, right? Conversely, what scares me with the Raiders is winning six games in overtime, that yeah. that pendulum swings back the other way next year if, and that the team regresses. Especially if you're a gambler. If you're a gambler and you take a look at trends and all of that, yeah, that's one thing that fell in the Raiders' lap. They won a lot of games that they could have lost. They deserved to win those games because they had the lead in those games and they came from behind. They played great to close some of those games out. But that's a fair assessment. Look, I'm not expecting Josh McDaniels to come in and go and win 14 games in year one. But what I am expecting him to do is bring in his own players. I'm a big, I was a big and still am friends with John Gruden. Uh, This John Gruden story isn't over. Everybody's now focused on Brian Flores. He has a lawsuit against the NFL. Remember, John Gruden does too. Mm-hmm. And John Gruden's got a big-time lawsuit that can go up higher than Flores because John Gruden's emails were released and no one else's were, and he took the fall. As Brett Musburger said on my radio show, it was a professional hit job. And John Gruden's now fighting to clear his reputation to come back and do something else in life. So after breaking up Gruden and Mayock and those coaches who Gruden brought in, that's Gruden's coaching staff, Now Josh McDaniels has a great opportunity for his legacy. He's the most qualified assistant coach ever in NFL history, ever to become a head coach. He's got six Super Bowls as an assistant. No one's ever done that. It didn't work out in Denver. At the press conference, he told everyone why and why he became a better people person. Now he comes in with a 10-win team, a brand-new stadium, brand-new practice facility, and a global fan base all over the world. A lot of pressure on him to win and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's amazing when you think about coaches in the National Football League. Everybody always talks X's and O's. Uh, I think the the thing in today's game and even throughout the years has been how they manage people and get the best out of people. All right, we've got you for a couple more minutes, JT. We know you're busy. Um, Sunday, Rams, Bengals. If I would have told you, I don't know, eight weeks ago that these two teams would be in the Super Bowl, you probably would have chuckled. Um, maybe being the savant that you are, maybe you would have said, no, Modes, you're going to be there. But just your thoughts on the game Sunday and some of the narratives for you heading into it. Well, no one had Bengals-Rams. And think about that. Yeah. We're in an industry with thousands of people. Sports radio here, there are hundreds upon hundreds. You can't name one human being on God's green earth that had the Bengals <laughs> and the Rams. So we're all even. We're all starting fresh. I had, for the Super Bowl, I had Green Bay, Buffalo. First time in my career I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl can't believe that those 13 seconds in Kansas City and the choke job that was that being said in this game 
Burrow beat the Raiders twice this year. The first game he won comfortably. The second game the Raiders had the ball first and goal at the nine with an opportunity to tie that game up. Really disappointing that they didn't win because I think the Raiders would have went into Nashville and beat the Titans. That being said, Joe Burrow found a way to win, did an unbelievable job. I just think the Rams have too much. They have too many veterans. They have a Super Bowl MVP in Von Miller. They have arguably the greatest defensive player since Lawrence Taylor. In Aaron Donald, they have Jalen Ramsey, who's a bigger, stronger Deion Sanders. Not as good as Deion, but bigger and stronger. Jamar Chase and the offensive line for Cincinnati will be this game. If the offensive line could hold up the way they did at Kansas City in the second half, because remember, they gave up nine sacks in Mm -hmm. Nashville. If they can hold on, I think they could give the ball to Burrow late, under five minutes with an opportunity for him to win that game. He's that good. I don't think it's going to come down to that. I think the Rams will put the game in the bank. Midway through the fourth quarter, I expect Stafford to be the MVP. I think that Odell Beckham Jr. will have 60, 70 yards. I think Cooper Cup's unstoppable, and he could be an MVP candidate in this game. I'd like to see Cincinnati win. I think the Rams will win the game 31-23. I think they'll win in cover, and they'll have a world championship in their building like Tom Brady did last year. You have many fans in Vancouver that heard you on terrestrial radio yes, back in the Vancouver. day. Um, how do they listen to JT now? You can catch me on Sirius XM every night, 7 o'clock Pacific. And now we got this really cool thing, guys. And we've been friends a long time. And now the world, this shouldn't be called Radio Row anymore. It should be called Podcast Row. Everybody's got a podcast, as Looney says. Everyone, right? Your aunt has a podcast. Your we daughter have a podcast, have, JT. Right, we all have a podcast. <laughs> I have one, too. And... What we do now on Raider Nation Radio, uh, we stream the show, and it's amazing. It's now a global show. We take calls from London. We take calls. took a call the other day from Australia. So if you go on TuneIn or you go to the Raiders mobile app, just go to the Raiders mobile app, and they have millions upon millions of followers. You just click on the radio, noon to 2, and I'm on the air. And that's changed everything because I always love having a national show, but my local show is now what I'm really proud of nationally because everybody can hear it. It's mostly Raiders, but a lot of NFL. And we'll be here the rest of the week here, Mo, John Radio Row. JT, great stuff as usual, my man. Thank you so much for stopping by. And you marked it on your calendar, July 18th and 19th, Kelowna. It's on the calendar. The and Mo Shootout returns. Looking forward to that. And we, to all the listeners here, Moj and I have a tradition of smoking a cigar at every Super Bowl. We will not go near our all-time low record of temperature, <laughs> but we might break. We might break our all-time. Minneapolis. High. We might break our all-time high. Yeah, I think good. 84, 85 yeah. might be our all-time high. God, that night in Mini was cold. Oh, it was very cold. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Thanks, JT. Now, if you need to stock up for the big game here, three great plays: the Rivers Reach Liquor Store, my hometown in New Westminster, right up there on Sixth Street in Blackford. You've got the Newport Liquor Store in Port Moody right there in the village and Johnston Street Liquor Store in Coquitlam. Great selection, great wine, great beer, great spirits at all of them. Plus, you get great service and great prices. The biggest game in football is this Sunday. And the two best places to catch the action are Pioneers Pub and Ladner Landing. The crew at Pioneers Pub in Richmond are ready to welcome you with the coldest, freshest, cheapest beer in town. Plus, food features and football pricing all day long. Meanwhile, at Ladner Landing, you'll be greeted by the best selection of cold craft beer and plenty of big game pricing and activities. Football Sunday. Catch the game at Pioneers Pub at number three in Williams in Richmond or the Landing Pub in liquor store in Latner. Northwest Tank Lines is North America's premier tank truck company. 
Northwest hauls more than 50,000 bulk loads every year safely and on time. It's why Northwest Tank Lines is the company others want to be. A family business with dedicated employees since 1955, Northwest Tank Lines provides exceptional service, state-of-the-art equipment, and the leading drivers. Northwest Tank Lines, driven to deliver. For more information, visit northwesttanklines.com. This is the Super Bowl Show, presented by Northwest Tank Lines and sponsored in part by the Pioneers Pub Richmond, OK Tire Langley, and the Rivers Reach Liquor Store. Now, here again from Radio Row at Super Bowl 56 in L.A., Bob the Moj Marjanovic. This is the Northwest Tank Line Super Bowl show coming to you from Radio Row, Los Angeles Convention Center. It is Super Bowl 56 featuring the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. It's the Moj, Bob Marjanovic with you. Our next guest doesn't need too much of an introduction to our football fans in Vancouver, former listeners of TSN 1040, Team 1040, big-ass Bob Glover, <laughs> former regular with Rick Ball on the Midday Show. Oh, my God. Stops by. Didn't we ambush you a little bit with that? That's okay. Yeah. I love the times with Rick Ball. That was we had a good run, man. Couple years, yeah, right? yeah. Ballers big time now. I, I oh. don't know if you know what he's doing, but Roger Sportsnet play-by-play voice of the oh. Calgary Flames on TV. Ooh, yeah. So you know, I get a new. He he does the play-by-play on TV because mm-hmm. I have a new service. Our local Comcast is is out. I can't watch Rangers and Islanders. I'm mm-hmm. a hockey nut. So we get these. I get a, a package, a national package. So I see, right? Flames, yeah. Vega, love it. So up eleven o'clock, I see the late game. Yeah. Great. So next time you see the Flames, you pick up the Sportsnet feed. Ball and Ballers doing the okay, Flames. Great, yeah, awesome. great stuff. So you are here, of course, covering the NFL. Before we move along, congratulations, as you are the 2021 recipient of the Bill Nunn Junior Award for the Pro Football Writers of America for outstanding longtime reporting. You know the the amazing thing about that is you're still alive while they're honoring you. <laughs> Right, so <laughs> just to let you know that's. Let that's, me tell you, there have been a number of winners who have been dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like you know, it's like we have a a friend of ours does a play by play from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in in well, just retired Bob Irving, and it's the Bob Irving Media Lounge. I'm like, dude, when they're naming stuff after you while you're still alive, that's a great that's sign. That's really. Uh, right. uh, thank you very much so. for that. And I, in fact, you know, there there have been a number of people who have been passed away and w- who won this award and. When I got it, I got a congratulatory text from a friend and then another guy. He said, um, R.I.P. Glauber. <laughs> I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'd hate to see your enemies, like, hey, Bob. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate that, Tom. I, I'd, hate, I'd hate to see your enemies. You know, before we talk about the book a little bit, I mean, for someone who's done this for such a long period of time covering the NFL, I mean, this is our 21st Radio Row. I mean, you've been around longer than that. How much has it changed in terms of covering teams, access, coaches, players, just all of it? It's changed a real lot. Now, I I am very mindful of not being the old guy who loves the old days better. Mm -hmm. Okay? I I get it. I I love football. I think the game is great. It has developed into just a spectacular uh, performance and and spectacle. The, The... way to get to players and the access was much much better years ago when i first started you know we would have daily press conferences with the coach we had you know unlimited access to the players we could watch every second of practice we could go to the to the parking lot where the players parked and get them if we needed them there we could call them at home now i I tell i I called phil sims at home three four times a year we'd speak for an hour 
during his career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember those days, the parking right? lot. I had a guy, there was a guy, Joe Morris, was a great running back for the oh. Giants. He won the Super Bowl that first year, and we, we became very close. We talked all the time, and we would talk for a long time on the phone. Joe was a very interesting guy. My father would call occasionally, and the call waiting would come on. It's my dad, and I would, I would answer his call. Dad, Dad, I'm talking to Joe Morris. I, I got to go. Right? So I <laughs> went back to talking to Joe Morris. You know, a week go by, goes by. My dad calls me. He says, uh, hey, Bob. Yeah, Dad. Hey, you, you talking to Joe Morris? Can I talk to you now? <laughs> <laughs> but you, know the, you know the thing that scares me and probably even scares journalists even more is that when you have that access, you can get a guy off one-on-one, a little side, you know, side. You sit there, you talk to him off to the side, develop a rapport, develop trust. And now with COVID, all that's gone yeah. because everything's done virtually. And what scares, I think, a lot of people in the industry is that organizations are going to say, you know what, that's not a bad model to use, right? right? And continue with that even into the future, which is scary. All right. I, I'm a little nervous about that, too, but I'm going to offer you a little bit of a counter argument to it. And, and I think I, I tend to be more optimistic than others about this situation because, you know, you can do it. You can fake your way through it with these Zooms. It's a little harder mm-hmm. with electronic, you know, TV and radio. It's just a little harder. But I think that it will go back to a, to a large degree to what it had been. Now, even what it had been... Two years ago was not as good as it was 20 years ago, but still, it's better than it is now. So I think there will always be the personal touch and the personal interaction that's a big part of sports media. And I think, again, I remain relentlessly optimistic that we can get back to some form of more interpersonal um, interaction, that that it's, it's more human. Bob Glober of Newsday is our guest. He's got a book out. It's called Forgotten First. He's uh, co-authored it along with Keyshawn Johnson. Is talking about the integration of the National Football League. First off, take us through the whole process of how this project got started. Well, I had been thinking about this uh, for quite a while. And just literally walking around the Giants locker room, noticing that, you know, this is a really diverse space right here. Just a, it's, it's a workplace. It's, it's, I know it's football. It's pro. But it's a workplace, and it is really integrated. It's fully integrated more than any other business in, in America, except maybe the NBA. And I'm thinking, well, it wasn't, it wasn't this. Um, th- there weren't this many African Americans when I first started in '85. It was, it was probably majority, but now it's even more. And I'm like, I'm just wondering. Well, as a journalist, I'm curious. What, what about earlier in time, back in time? Well, like, I was like, wait a minute. Is there a, is there a Jackie Robinson of the NFL? I don't even know. Like, how did, in, did football integrate? So I've, I'm covering the NFL for over 30 years at this point, and I'm like, I don't know the answer to this question. I'm literally Googling in the Giants locker room, and I come across Kenny Washington as the first black player in the modern NFL in 1946. I'm like, I really should know that, shouldn't I? But I don't. And then I'm thinking, well, if I don't know it, a paid professional covering football, I'm going to imagine a lot of people, most people don't know this. And you go, just ask any of your friends, any acquaintance, hey, who was the first black baseball player to, to cross the color line in yeah. Major League Baseball? Everybody knows. Jackie right. Robinson. Okay. Larry Doby in the American League. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who's the first black ba- uh, football player? I can even tell you the first black hockey player. 
Willie O'Ree. Willie O'Ree. Right. Right. Yeah. Football. You're right. Football. Yeah. Now there's now part of it is related to this. There were a, like a couple of dozen black players in the early early part of the NFL, like when they first started in 1920. Fritz Pollard mm-hmm. played in 1920. Um, but then it turns out there was a ban on black players entirely. There were no black players in the NFL in the Depression years, starting in 33 and going to or 34 and going to 45 through 45. So World War II, and there were no black players. So Kenny Washington and Woody Strode become the first in the NFL, and then Bill Willis and Marion Motley with Paul Brown's All-America Football Conference, Cleveland Browns, same year. And there's just a tremendous backdrop to why it took a sequence of events to happen for these four players to integrate modern pro football and this is the 75th anniversary of that first season and yet still you do not hear about those players now Willis and Motley are in the Hall of Fame as football players nobody knows that they why, why is that you know it's it's hard to really pinpoint it I, I think part of it is that yeah, you know, the NFL doesn't really want to embrace this co- part of its history, right? Mm-hmm. NFL is really into, well, you know, when the first 100 years happened a couple of years ago, it was like a 100-year celebration. Great! 1920, you know, here we, 100 years, Chalice, you know, uh, Curly Lambeau, and well, Lambeau was a little later, but this is, this represents a really dark period of history, and it's not one to be proud of when you keep an entire race out of your sport and then when you when you reintegrate it's it should be a celebration but it was a forced reintegration on the rams part they didn't want to do it they didn't think they were going to have to do it they didn't think anything about integration as being part of their move from cleveland to los angeles in 1946 what type of reception have you had from current players about your book and Uh, the history of it yeah, very good reception, really, from everybody in the NFL community, including, you know, the league office. Mm-hmm. They are very, like, they didn't know. And a lot of African-American professionals in the NFL did not know this story. And I, I some of the most gratifying reactions have been from people who I've known and some people I haven't known literally starting to cry when... They're thankful that this story was written, and I think it's an indication of just how, you know what, people just want their stories to be told. People just want to have respect shown for their experiences. And, you know, in this country, um, I think a lot of African Americans feel that that's that's not been the case. So it's really eye-opening to see that reaction. I didn't know how it was going to be. Keyshawn didn't know how it was. Keyshawn didn't know the story. And that's part of why he and I gravitated toward one another. I, I need, you know, it's, it's, I needed someone to help tell this story. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, I'm an old white guy. Right? I mean, I, I could do it. But I think working with Keyshawn, he showed me things that I had no idea about. Seeing it through a different lens. Different, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, you, and you learn. You know, why diver- Why does diversity matter? People want to know why. Just hire the right people. Just hire the best people. Why does it doesn't matter? Does the, just don't, don't see color. Well, okay, easier said than done. And, and the reason diversity works is that you do see things through a different lens. And it is good to have different perspectives 
as part of what you go through and part of what you learn and live. And, and that certainly is the case with Keyshawn, uh, you know, working with him, and certainly is the case with what the NFL is trying to do to diversify in all areas. And, and really, I think the one area that they're lacking significantly is in, well, well administration, you know, team pres, one team president in history, and, and the coaching. And that was my next question for you. I mean, we talk about integration at the player level, at the athlete level. What's it going to take to get more minorities hired as coordinators, more minorities hired as head coaches? You know, I think there is encouraging news about the coordinator position. I think you're seeing more of a pipeline built up, and that's important, especially on the offensive side of the ball because that's what teams are gravitating toward, offensive coaches. Not exclusively, you know, Matt Eberflus in in Chicago, and, and, you know, there are a couple of defensive coordinator types um, that are that are getting jobs. O'Connell in Minnesota, an oh, offensive type. Uh, yeah. Right. See, that's the, you know, it's like you get an offensive guy, if he's good, you don't have to go hire um, a, another offensive coordinator when, if you're a defensive coach, you have an offensive coordinator who's good, he's going to be gone as a head coach. Oh. But I think, so I think there's a good pipeline. It's just that, you know, we talk about, like, getting people in front of you and changing hearts and minds. And, and, the, and the hearts and minds of the 32 owners and ownership groups has not been sufficiently impacted um, as much as certainly the league wants. So there's a kind of a dichotomy there. The league, Roger Goodell and his people, want to see more diversity. But it's the owners who make the call. They're the ones doing the hiring. Bob, before we let you go, the game itself on Sunday, what's your take on it? Who wins it and why? You know, I, I do like the Rams. Um, you know, the, the Bengals got away with it against the Titans with their offensive line. And the Rams' pass rush is really good. I think that will play a, a huge factor. And the Jalen Ramsey-Jamar Chase individual matchup, to me, means everything. Because if the Rams can get to Joe Burrow and Burrow can't find Chase, then it's checkmate for the Rams. So I, I think they can do that, and I'm, I'm leaning toward them. Forgotten First is the book. How do people go about finding out more information and perhaps even ordering it? Well, you can order it um, online, Amazon, Walmart, wherever you want to go there, and bookstores across this great continent of ours. I'll say continent. There you go. Bob, great stuff. Big ass Bob Glover, as he was known back in the day. I'm looking at you going, why do they call him big ass? He's a small guy. I mean, it's not like he's walking around here like, you know. Uh, yeah. I was baller, just, you know, trying to be uh, <laughs> emphatic. <laughs> hey, great stuff. We appreciate you stopping by and fun talking to great. you. Great. Thank you for the blast from the past and really appreciate you having me. Thank you to Bob Glober of Newsday for stopping by our broadcast location here at Radio Row. And that's a wrap for Episode 2 here on MojoNSports.com. Of course, BNN, 1410 AM. Um, we will be back with Episode 3 from Radio Row. Don't miss it. Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com.